That's right. Your girl started a podcast. There's no way. Luda, no. Can we even keep that in? Hey guys, it's Luda, and I have found my way onto your favorite podcasting website, whether that be YouTube with video audio, or Spotify, or Apple Music, or anything else this is someone upon. I'm here. Welcome. Hi. If you don't know me from the music world or the streaming world, I'm Luda, Luda Wissy. Um, I'm 18 years old, and I am a female content creator, drummer, streamer, and I guess podcaster now. I started drumming when I was four, and I've been on the road since I was seven. Uh, while doing content creation, school full-time, uh, drumming. I've been doing a lot of everything and I'm super excited to share stories I've never shared before on this podcast with my friends. And I've always been the type of person to kind of talk to myself. And I thought, why not bring that to everyone else? Especially because my streams eventually become little mini podcasts anyways. And we have really, really good talks. So I, I kind of wanted to create one. I felt pulled in this direction and into the podcast world and i'm very excited to go on this journey with you guys you can expect a lot of funny stories nerd talk pop culture gaming life advice uh scary business adventures and a lot of other things that i'm not gonna tell you yet because i don't want to scare you off but i also don't want to spoil it you'll find out soon enough. I'm super excited to just kind of hang out with future guests and share some advice that I may have or they may have or I might have taken from my therapist. So kind of dive into my faith and my walk with Christ and what that kind of means to me growing up in the church and kind of turning away from it for a little bit and rediscovering it as my own instead of just following someone else's words. And I'm super excited to involve you guys in your either funny or dramatic stories. I, I find this podcast really exciting. So I want to definitely include you guys, my little little meanies, and I want you guys to enjoy the podcast while maybe hearing some of your own stories and me and my friends' reactions to them. I'm really thrilled for you guys to get to know me more on the Ludacast, but before we get to me, I thought it was only right to start the podcast off with someone who is a very special friend of mine. This person was very supportive of the Ludwissy brand, whether I was streaming or content creating or drumming, and they always made an effort to ask me about it. He was someone who made life really special while on the road, and he may or may not be able to bench press every single person listening. So sit back, relax, or keep cleaning, depending on what you do when you listen to podcasts, and uh, help me get Give a warm welcome to our guest, Mr. Chris Jericho himself. Hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> hello. It has been just a second. Um, we actually met on the Fozzie tour, which we can hit uh, on a little bit. But mm. if people don't know who you are, first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> Second of all, you have a list. I literally looked up because I was like, all right, I mean, I, I know some about you, but I, I wanted to at least get a little bit more knowledge. You are a wrestler, a singer, a podcaster, an actor, an author. Like, you have everything under your belt. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler and I wanted to be a rock and roll band, in a rock and roll band. So mm -hmm. um, once those things started happening, then you kind of realize, well, I'll, I'll just give it all a try, you know, and, and there's, there's nothing that I won't give a shot to because once you start achieving your goals, then you kind of become unstoppable. You become fearless with confidence. So, um, that's kind of the reason why, and all those things kind of tie in. It's all show business, right? It's not like I'm a, like a mathematician or a rocket scientist <laughs> or something like that. It's all entertainment based, you know, show business stuff. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know that, um, just listening to some of your podcasts whenever um, we were on it with the band and going forward, listening to some past ones, it's really interesting to see 
uh just the talk of everything and your side and opinions on it because you have done this for so long and hearing kind of what it used to be into what it is because i'm 18 and i got into it when i was seven and so even from those like years it has changed so much so you've been in it way longer than that and hearing just kind of the change of going from years and years and years of being in social media and kind of learning the algorithms and learning what people like and don't like and yeah. testing other things out it's really cool to see as someone who like i i grew up testing everything you know we did the band we did social media we did youtube creators mm -hmm. like we did live streams it, it's fun to kind of mess around with everything be like all right can i do this can i do this <laughs> Well, I mean, it really has become that. And it, it's, it's such uh, an open canvas for you to do whatever it is that you want to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, a band such as yours and even yourself, you know, on your, on your, uh, individually have, have really grown your name by using social media. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, when it first started, I think, I think I remember this. I think I was the first person that I knew that had my own website. I think it was back in 97, we started it. Oh. And it was a, a thing called web TV, which wasn't even a home computer. It was a little like a keyboard like mm -hmm. this with no <laughs> plugin and you just pressed start and mm -hmm. it would connect to your TV. And I remember the first time I put up like a fan mail address and I got a, a fan, uh, someone wrote me an email from Yugoslavia. Um, oh my word. I, don't think, I don't think it even exists anymore, Croatia, whatever it is now. And I couldn't believe it. Like someone from, from Yugoslavia wrote me a letter like, mm -hmm. holy smokes, that's insane. I'll never forget just how crazy it was to think that somebody from that far away around the world knew who I was. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, obviously you can use it to your advantage and you should, it, it really is a platform to spotlight everything that you're doing and also to interact with your fans. Um, that really makes a big difference. I find that people really respond to that. Um, yeah. You know, the only downfall of social media is, is obviously everybody has an opinion and you can't take it for face value. You know, yep. everybody that says you're the greatest thing ever, you can't take it seriously. And the same people that say you're the worst thing ever, you know, you can't take that seriously either. So that's the only drawback with social media is that some people let it get under their skin and you can't, you can't yeah. do that because it's not real. Anybody can just say whatever they want with no repercussions. And that's not how human beings are. So you just have to take it for granted. Uh, take it with a grain. Don't take it. Take, yeah. Take, don't, take it for, <laughs> with, a, with a grain of salt and yeah. don't get too worried about it either way. Yeah, I agree. It, it is really hard, even with the positive side. A lot of people think like, oh, just don't look at the negative, but like, you know, focus on the positive. And it's like, sometimes like those people, they don't know you, like they don't sit with you and actually see you day to day. They, they see the person that you show. They see the persona, like frication that you show. And um, even with band, like playing live, they see you for 45 minutes on stage. They talk with you at merch and you, you all go your separate ways. So it's, it is difficult to not let both comments get to you because you know you start letting the good comments get to you that's how the bad comments get to you because they're like oh if i'm gonna yeah, listen yeah. to this person who's saying i'm great why would i that's not right. listen to this person who says i suck <laughs> yeah um no, especially for you and being 18 years old i mean it, it, those are formidable years and you have a little bit more of a thick skin because you're a performer you're, you're on stage and you, you know mm -hmm. when the, the good side of it and the bad side of it but if you're just you know a kid in high school or something and people are telling you that you're ugly or you're fat or you're stupid or whatever it may be a lot of kids take that to heart and it really affects them. So, so you really got to be careful with social media because it's, it, it can be a great tool for you, but can mm -hmm. also be a great weapon against you if you mm -hmm. let it become that. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, kind of speaking on the social media side, I know something that I've been focusing on because uh, we didn't have counselors, we didn't have life coaches, we didn't have therapists being in it since we were so young. We just did it. Our parents were like, right. just do it. Um, and then as we got older and going through and hearing everyone's stories and all that, it's great and we love it. But people don't understand like that's a that brain is developing. And as it's developing, it's hearing trauma stories and it's hearing like suffering and pain and all that. And as a kid, you don't know how to process that. You're like, what do I do with this information? Right. And so recently, uh, I've been able to have the experience of uh, visiting a therapist and just kind of talking with them. And they're even like learning from me. They're like, you're 18 and you've you've been through what? And they're like, what? Yeah. You're about to graduate from college? How? And so it's been wild to have those conversations. But um, we've been talking a lot about work life, work and life balance um, and kind of how to make sure your work is your work and you still have that life and you still have that kind of aspect of reality because being in social media, whether that's band or actor or even podcasting, it, it kind of goes over that nine to five kind of typical job. You don't have hours. It is just your work. Right. Like, you know, it could be midnight and you could get a phone call and be like, oh, snap, I got to like work. Um, so we've been talking about kind of having that balance of still getting family time in, still getting yourself rest in and not just working 24 seven. So I wanted to talk to you about it because you are constantly busy. Like I see you on Instagram, I see you on TV, like you are 24 seven going. And I know that a lot of people look up to you as Chris Jericho, like this, this guy, like I love him. He's this like big star. And I wanted to know, how do you balance that with Chris um, Irving? How do you balance that like workload with everything that you do with your family? I just think that that's the, the secret right there is, is even though I'm busy, I'm not as busy as you think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, right now with AEW, fortunately, we're working basically only once a week on Wednesdays. Sometimes we work Wednesday, Friday. Um, but other than that, if I'm not on tour, I'm pretty much home. Mm -hmm. So I do spend a lot of time with my family. I do do a lot of things. I mean, this past weekend, I took my daughters to Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando Oh my then goodness. We came back and then we went to Jacksonville. I took my son and my, my nephew and, and my wife to see the Jags game, Jaguars game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do as long as you're involved and, and stay, uh, stay connected to your family. Now, when I work, you know, like during the day, okay, so my kids are in school, my, my son's at college now, and you know, there's, there's a lot of open time during the day. And that's when I can do a lot of this stuff. I mean, that's when I do all of my press is during the day, you know, talking to you. I consider that to be press interviews that I have to do. Any podcasting that I do is like, when are you available? All day from usually from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Unless I have other things going on, but that's usually the schedule of the day. Mm -hmm. And that gives me more than enough time to do everything that I have to do. That mm -hmm. also counts when you're on the road. As you know, when you're on tour, same thing with wrestling. I mean, the show is at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. You get there at 2 p.m., you go over what you have to do or set up your gear, do your VIPs, but there's a lot of open time where you're really not doing anything. And that's also, yeah. again, where podcasting comes in handy. You're doing all the press things that I have to do. So it really just is time management, being mm -hmm. smart about that. Um, and if you can do that, which I've gotten really good at it over the last, you know, gosh, 30 years or 32 years. <laughs> of being but once you can figure that out, then, then it's not so bad. You know, yeah. and also another thing is I only do things that I'm really interested in. I don't mm -hmm. do things just for money or things that say, oh, it's a good payoff. It's like, if I don't feel it, then that usually means I don't want to do it. And there's other things too that come in that maybe you're only getting 50 bucks. It's like, I don't care. I'm, 
fine. Give me what you want. I just want to do it. You know? Yeah. I did a, vo- I did a voiceover for something a couple of weeks ago that was like, well, the money's not very good. I said, I don't care. It sounds like fun. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So there's that well as well. So if you enjoy what you're doing, the old saying, you never work a day in your life. If you enjoy what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. So it really is that way for me. Now, listen, when I'm working, it is a lot of hard work. It's a hard work to, to, to go and do live TV every Wednesday. It's mm-hmm. hard work putting together a, a tour, monitoring the tour, uh, doing press for the tour or the, the, the cruise. Same thing. Like every day there's something that needs to be done. Now, yeah. even if it's only 10 minutes long, you still got to do it. Like you said now, mm-hmm. Hey man, someone's mm-hmm. on the phone. You got to do it. But other than that, it's pretty chill and it's a, uh, it's not as crazy as you might think. So there's a lot of time for, for family time and to be, you know, Chris Irvin, dad, husband, friend, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, that's great. I think that not being driven by the money aspect is huge because a lot of people, you know, they'll have that schedule. They'll have the, okay, I'm going to stop working at five. And then a big yeah. money opportunity comes in. And they're like, okay, I'm going to scooch in a little bit. <laughs> you know, I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make time. And I think that um, being able to have that kind of mindset and be like, you know what? Like I stop here and then then my time is for my family and myself i think that's very important it's really cool to hear from someone like you who i'm sure people all think like oh he must work 24 7. he must never have time for his family he must always be and it's like it's cool to hear from you being like no i do spend time with my family like it's very important to me it's very important also too it's like you know you understand this because you're in show business too and i started when i was 19 and you started even a holder when you started but i know when we first met each other and went on tour you were 17. You turn mm-hmm. 18 on the Fozzie tour. So um, <laughs> we're talking teenagers either way, any way you slice it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we are kind of, it's almost like being a, a doctor that's on call. You're mm-hmm. on call at all times. Now, that doesn't mean you're working all times, but there are some times it's, I got to do this thing at 10 o'clock at night. You know, I got to talk to my boss. It's like I'm, you know, watching House of Dragon with my wife and it's like my boss calls. <laughs> I, like, I know I got to talk to him because if not, he'll just call me back until I do. <laughs> So there's that sacrifice element to it as well. Um, yeah. It's the yin and yang, right? So so mm-hmm. I'm used to it. I don't mind it. But there are times you just got to say, hey, man, I'm, I'm doing something right now. I'll call you back later. But it can't be too yeah. much later because there's only a short window to give the yeah. answers that you need when you got shows to do, you know? So mm-hmm. it is very much, like I mentioned, like I think the best thing, being on call. That's what we are. We're, we're in show business, on call for show business. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, have you ever had... Uh, I mentioned seeing the therapist. Have you ever had uh, run-ins with mental health issues being so in social media and all of the comments and all of the people and working so much to get to where you are? Um, have you ever had and at any point been like, okay, I need to take like a mental like reset and kind of recenter myself? I haven't really. Um, and I think the reason for that is because I've been doing this for so long. When I started, there was no social media. There was no like getting hammered with critics, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also get a thick skin. I mean, rest, wrestling, you know, in general causes you to have a thick skin. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously there's times when you might have some self-doubt, but I come from, from, from the old school of like, we'll just get through it and just make <laughs> it work. And I've also always been, my, my dad is a very positive guy. Mm-hmm. So I've always seen the positive things and not the negative. So I try and push forward that way. And I had some things that happened when I was growing up that were kind of integral to kind of shaping my mental state of just having this iron will. Um, mm-hmm. So once in a while, there's some self-doubt or some issues, but I never, and I'm not saying that that other people shouldn't be this way, but maybe I guess I'm lucky in some ways or maybe unlucky in some ways that I never had to worry about that. 
uh, but it's almost gives you some, sometimes a little bit of a more cold exterior, you know? Yeah. So I, I noticed that like I, I, you know, if I've ever had to, you know, let somebody go from the organization or if you lose a friend, for example, which is always sucks, but I've never been the type of guy to really dwell on it. You know what I mean? It's just, that's just the way it goes and life moves and changes. So like I said, it's good in some ways, other ways it makes me a little bit more of a colder type of a person when it comes to that actual side of things. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's because once again, there was no social media when I was 19. Yeah. Had there been social media <laughs> at 19 and I can read somebody's comments that were seeing me wrestle small town shows in Alberta, that might've affected me adversely yeah. but it did i think i think that does play a huge part in it and i know that a lot of people you know will point out the good and the bad in social media and i think that as much as good as it can do it can do the same thing bad so i think that it was it's really interesting to see how much that plays into people's mindsets and people's lives and i know sometimes people don't actually think that it does that much They're like oh it's just you know words but when you're young that does a lot <laughs> yeah, exactly. so it's cool right. to see that difference um when you were growing up when you were starting to get into it what did your like childhood kind of look like leading up to that and who was a someone or like people in your life that kind of pushed you towards your dream you said your dream was to be like a rock star like who were people that pushed you towards that dream it wasn't necessarily to be a rock star like i said i wanted to be a wrestler and i wanted to be in a rock and roll band whatever that entailed you know whatever level it was i just wanted to do that um and and, and my childhood was always based around you know, creativity. I was always, I remember doing a, a play when I was probably in grade five and, and writing stories and always writing songs and, and, you know, acting and all that sort of thing from, from a very young age. So I was kind of like almost born to be in show business, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's all I was ever interested in. You know, I was not good <laughs> in, in school at math and chemistry. I was like, Oh, I hate this. Like I liked English cause I could write stories and yep. when I graduated from high school, I was too young to go to wrestling school. You had to be 18 and I was only 17. So I went to college for a couple of years in, um, it was called creative communications, which was journalism, public relations, television, radio, creative writing, advertising, all these sort of types of things. So it was really perfect for me. And I got on the honor roll. I was really good at it. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. For that one, cause I was interested in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that also helped me with television skills and being on camera and being on the microphone instead of talking to the, to the mic and all that stuff in the radio <laughs> class. So it kind of was, uh, you know, like a, like a, like a boot camp to get into wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I always had, a, my, my, my parents were always supportive. My dad played pro hockey. He played in the NHL for 10 years. So he understood mm -hmm. what it was like to leave home at a young age and go follow your dreams. His dreams were playing professional hockey. And he yeah. left home at like 16 years old to do that. So that's crazy. He understood what it was like for me to leave home at 19 to go to wrestling school. So I think that really helped a lot, you know? Um, and plus I just, I just always had this inner feeling like because people would be like, Oh, you're too small to get into wrestling. Like, you know, you know, you'll never, you'll never, you'll ne how are you going to be in a band from Winnipeg? Like, you know, there's a couple bands from the guess who you might've heard of them or the crash test dummies, pretty big mm -hmm. bands, but that's two bands out of Winnipeg out of like, you know, a thousand million bands, right? Mm -hmm. Winnipeg's where I grew up in Canada. So, um, <laughs> I just didn't care. I was like, why do you care so much about what I want to do with my life? You go worry about your thing and I'll worry about mine. And yeah. this is something I'll never forget. It kind of really kind of made me really mad at the actual church. I, I, I was had a really good relationship with, with my, with my pastor mm -hmm. and he 
brought me up to the front of the church to say, Chris is going to Calgary to, to become a wrestler. And when I said that, like at the time, you might as well be saying that he was going off to join the circus to become a sword swallower or a mine. Like people started laughing. You know what I mean? Oh my word. Yeah. And I'll never forget that people like in church, you're laughing at me. This is supposed to be like a positive place, you know? And it just yeah. really rubbed me the wrong way. Not against, you know, God, but against church. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I never went back to that church. So I like, but it, just, I you know, it also gave me like, all right, all right, I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to show all you guys. It was like, yeah, it's you all suckers. <laughs> Look at me now. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) So all those types of things kind of gave me some passion and fire just to go out and go for it, man. You know, I didn't know how to do it. I wrote a letter to, to a wrestling school at the back of a wrestling magazine. Once again, back then, you know, there was no email or cell phones. So anyways, that's kind of how it all started. But, but I just, and I also was really obsessed with rock and roll, right? Like I always knew way more about music than I did about wrestling. Uh, I've been in bands since I was 13 years old. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I played bass, and then because no one else, I remember our band was called Scimitar, which is a curved sword like Sinbad the Sailor. <laughs> and the T in Scimitar was 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 a was a, was a, was a sword, of course. Oh, y'all had the whole design down. It, down completely. <laughs> but but it was only three of us, and we used to play in my friend's garage. Mm-hmm. And these girls used to walk by my friend's house because they lived further down the street. And every time they were coming, we always played You Really Got Me. Van Halen's version. <laughs> oh, my oh, word. But the thing is, no one was singing. So every time they come, they go, and I remember after a few weeks of this, the girls walked by one day and went, don't you guys know any other songs? And the other girl said, and doesn't anybody sing? And I was like, <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'll sing. No one else is singing, <laughs> so I'll give it a try. And that's kind of how it all started. And then, and then, you know, played throughout high school with with, with the band, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just always being obsessed with the great frontmen of rock and roll: Paul Stanley and Bruce Dickinson and Mick Jagger and Freddie Mercury and David Lee Roth and all those types of guys. So when I started wrestling, I wanted to be the ultimate rock and roll frontman mm-hmm. in the wrestling world. Because I was small at the time, because guys back then were all six foot four, six foot five, and they're all jacked. And I was five <laughs> eleven, you know, hundred. I was in great shape, but I wasn't like those guys. Yeah. So even though I knew I couldn't be the biggest guy on the show, mm-hmm. I knew I could have the biggest charisma, the biggest personality. Yeah. So I tried to do all the stuff that I saw Paul Stanley doing, for example, on a Kiss stage, and just do that in a wrestling ring. And that's kind of how it all started out. Yeah, that's crazy. I think that. Um... All the way back to the church thing. Our church did the same thing when we yeah. we told them we were in a band and we were like playing shows and they all like mocked us. They right. were like making fun of us like behind our back. We're like, what is this? Are we in like high school? You what? I, I thought this was a church. Like, and like you said, it, it isn't God. And I think that's a lot of times what turns people away from God is they blame God for those people. When in reality, it's just those people are sucky people. <laughs> you can't, um, I have been like super super huge fans of Striper. Since mm-hmm. 1985. And I'm fortunately very good friends with, with Michael Sweet now, with all the guys in the band. But Michael Sweet and I are really, really, I consider him to be one of my best friends that I barely see, you know? <laughs> and he still gets it to this day. The church still bags on Striper 35 years later after all the work they've done. I mean, Striper brought me to Christ and, and millions of other hundreds of thousands, I'm sure, yeah. at least, 
and still doing God's work to this day. And the church still bags on them. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> like, this you is guys a are here making you know? fun of people while they're doing what God literally told us to do. <laughs> exactly, right? So so there's, I've always had that issue between church and state, so to speak, where the church is fine, but it's mm-hmm. the it's 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 the people that you connect with that have the same vision. It don't have to be musicians. It could just be, you know, just normal people who 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 believe that you know, as a Christian, you should do whatever, wherever God leads you to do, not what, you know, somebody in, in, in church tells you what to do. Nope. You can't play music. Like, why not? Like, oh, it's evil. Well, okay, well, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Or, 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 or if there's no good music, then all there's going to be is bad music. And that's not, yeah. so, you know what I mean? It's, I think, I think once again, as we grow up now, listen, it's also a huge badge to say you're a Christian because that puts mm-hmm. things at a different in a different category for you, right? Same mm-hmm. as a wrestler. It, it's hard to, 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 to live in both worlds, but it's, I, I've always said, like, I always felt like there's somebody in my corner. You know, that's another reason why I think I've, I've done as well as I have because I always did what I did for God. Maybe not the best possible way. I'm not an angel, believe me. I'm, I'm, I've made so many mistakes, but that's kind of what it's all about, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know who, who the boss is and who's kind of in charge of everything. And I think that's really kind of helped me out to to gain some of this, some of these cool things that I've done. Yeah, I think that's really cool to describe it as someone in your corner because it really is when you feel like everyone else is against you. Like when we had the church and we are literally our church family and they're like, what in the devil is this? <laughs> like, we're literally out here sharing the gospel to people that will never hear it from you guys because you think they're like devil worshipers. Right. It's like they're just normal human beings and we just want to share our truth with them. We're not going to shove it down their throats. We're not going to like judge them. Like it, it, we're not about that. That's not what God is. Like God is not a like evil human being. Like that's what we are. <laughs> we are right, the people right, right. that are like that. So I think it was always cool that you know, like, you know what, no matter what, we still have God on our side. And the same thing with me during all of my stuff with having Ludowicy and kind of creating a new brand and stepping off on my own for the first time in 18 years. You know, it's always been uh, GFM and it's always been like us three together with our yeah. family. And it's it's scary, like doing that for 18 years. Being, all right, now's the time to be independent. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like, well, this is terrifying. Um, but it, it has always felt like, you know, even if I fail, I know that. I did it with Christ by my side and I know he's going to pick me back up and be like, all right, brush it off. Let's do it again. Like go this way now, basically. And that, and that's the thing that's cool. Like, listen, like, you know, if you, and your guys' lyrics are much more, and you guys do a, a faith call and everything like that. And, and to me, it's like, well, even if like people don't care about God, it's what you believe in. And maybe it'll like, like when I go see Slayer, like I love Slayer, but like Carrie King, like loves puppies. Like he's a sweetheart of a guy. And, I'm not going to Slayer like with horns popping out of my head wanting to like commit satanic murder. I just go and I like the music and it's cool. I don't care about the lyrics. I think they don't even care about the lyrics. So they're probably like, yeah, it's pretty it's stupid. Nobody like, cares. Any Satanist band out there, I can assure you like 99% of them don't care. even know, care. And, and the fans don't care. And that's my point too. Like if it, I don't, I still don't understand the, um, the kind of animosity towards Christian rock bands or Christian metal bands when like, like I always said that with Striper, who cares about the lyrics if you don't like the lyrics? The music is amazing. The singing is amazing. The playing is great. Same thing with like Slayer. I don't care about the lyrics. I like the band. Like, mm-hmm. Whereas with Slayer, it's okay to sing about evil, but it's not okay to sing about good if you're 
in Christian band. That, that to me always, it's, it's, it makes me laugh about that. Because <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't really make sense. But I think that's always, there's, there's always going to be a little bit more of a spotlight on the Christian band because you're singing about God than there ever would be about someone who's singing about evil or sex or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. I agree. I think um, another thing that you said, you were like, I felt it. You're like, I felt like I was going to do it no matter what it took. And um, I have said those same words to multiple people in my life. Like, no matter what it takes, I'm going to do this. Like, I feel it. Like, I, I don't right. care how many times I fail, how long it takes. Like, I feel it in my body that this is like what God wants me to do. And this is what I want to do. Like, I'm passionate about it. Um, and it's cool to hear that from someone else who you got there. Like, you know, you felt it and you're there. How did it feel? Like, what was that moment where you're like, I did it. Like, I'm, I'm here. I did this. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, I think it continues to go up. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, the first time I ever wrestled somebody that I saw on TV once. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, big time. I'm talking, like, local television stations. Like, Stampede mm -hmm. Wrestling was what it was called. And the first time I wrestled guys that were on stampede wrestling i was like oh my gosh i've made it right and then the first time i went to japan like oh this is crazy first time i wrestled in the states and then every kind of step of my career was taking the next step right yeah and even with AEW, when we started AEW and didn't really know what to expect and then when it became a hit right out of the gate that was huge so yeah. it's always like it never ends <laughs> lulu like it, 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 <laughs> nor should it end like with fozzy yeah. i mean like we just got a gold record for Judas and like that was like oh my gosh that's huge yeah that's crazy huge, right mm -hmm. but then you know okay well now we're getting ready to do this UK tour that's going to be our biggest tour ever so then that's cool so it's like it always continues to to go up as it should because I think you should never be complacent uh, and that also doesn't mean you can't be happy mm -hmm. with what you've accomplished you should always be proud of your accomplishments because if everything ended today I'd be more than happy with everything that's happened because it's probably way more than I ever expected, but I can't say I didn't expect it because I never thought of it at this level. I just thought about it like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. Yeah. Here's this. And by the time you get up here, you're looking where down where you started and you never expected to be here, but I also never expected to be there, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's all relative than that. It's, 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 it's a, I even, I saw Paul McCartney, Every time he plays, I've seen him every, gosh, every couple of years for the last 10, 20 years now. He always goes, I'm just going to stand here for a minute and, and, and drink in this crowd. Like, I just want to just enjoy it. Like, that's Paul, right? Like, that's a guy who's been doing it for 60 years but still appreciates what's going on. Yeah. And that's the way I think you should always be. You should be proud of your accomplishments. Don't rest on your laurels. But also be in the moment with what you're doing and be, be happy. Like, oh, like, this is such a blessing to be able to do this at whatever level it is, the fact we're getting to do what we, what we always wanted to do, or, or like you said, now you 18 years old with your own podcast and your Twitch, Twitch stream is great. Like most 18 year olds don't know what they want to do. My, <laughs> my son's in college. He's 19. He's just now thinking about, well, maybe I want to do this to, to know what you want to do as a, as a teenager is very rare. Like I yeah. knew what I wanted to do even at 14, 15, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it gave me something to work towards. I didn't just yeah, have absolutely. like, oh, what are you taking in college business? Like, oh, I've got, I got a business <laughs> degree. Like a lot of my friends did and it doesn't give you anything really. Mm -hmm. So for me, wanting to, to be in a band and wanting to be a wrestler since I was 13, 14 years old, it gave me a, a direction and, and a path to start trying to figure out how to get there 
which eventually yeah. it did, but most kids don't have that. So you're lucky that you do. Yeah, I think it, it really plays uh, a part with my parents because they were always asking us like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm sure at first it was like, I want to be a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like as we got older and um, we started playing music, I mean, I played drums at four and I started, I was like, I want to be a drummer. And we had never had drums in the house. We had never had any music in the house. So my parents were like, who told her? Who? <laughs> who did this yeah. to us? Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want drums in the house. Um, but starting at four playing them, um, my old instructor, because I was with uh, a teacher until I was like 10, and they always told me like he brought me back and he was like you know usually we don't take them this young like they don't really comprehend anything so yeah, we'll yeah. give her a shot and that he came out and he was like she there's i don't know what it is but there's something about it like she's gonna she's got it like she understands everything and it's too quick for her like it would be a shame if you didn't bring her back mm -hmm. and so ever since then been drumming and just creating content i would i would film on i asked for a camera for a christmas one year and uh, I just filmed like YouTube videos. I didn't post them. I literally would edit them and delete them because I was like embarrassed about them. I was like, yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. show anyone, but I wanted to do it. And so growing up doing content like that and then slowly getting into GFM and having it become something we never thought it ever would be. Like, like you said, we, we knew it was going to become something, but we also at the same time weren't expecting what came. Um, it was wild to see like my little dreams come true, getting to drum yeah. on stage, drum in front of thousands of people, playing sold out shows, playing in Germany. Like as a teenager, I think I was like 14 when I went to Germany and played. I was like, Same. what am I doing? Like I got a tattoo over there <laughs> and uh -huh. I'm blessed to have parents who are like, you have one life. Why, why waste it being a normal person? Like do what you want, do go crazy. Like it is your one and only life. Don't, don't waste it being the normal. And so well, they and always push us to do what we want. And not to interrupt you, but just like how, how amazing it is. Cause when I, when I was that age in high school, I was mm -hmm. drawing pictures of my band playing in Germany. And here yeah. you are doing that. It's like when I talked to like the Greta Van Fleet guys, mm -hmm. like I think they're still teenagers now, and they're like sold out arena. They, they had to, skip high school to to go on a sold out arena tour it's like that's every teenage who ever picked up an instrument dream and yep. the fact that you got to do that i mean that is a, that's a huge huge accomplishment and the thing is too it's like for little kids most little kids do something and then they grow out of it mm -hmm. the fact that you didn't that that's the rare thing because there's there's some kids that i follow on instagram like this i think there's a kid called caleb or something he's a he's probably eight years old drumming or Scott Ian's son from Anthrax, mm -hmm. amazing guitar player and drummer. I think he's twelve. Like you see these prodigies and go. Hopefully, they don't they won't change their mind. Like yeah, as long as they have that bug, they will be great. You mm -hmm. just have to not be a kid and like yo, okay, I'm gonna be in Taekwondo for a year and a half and I get my blue belt. And I'm like yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but that was me for most things that I did because kids and my 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 kids are the same. They try this, they try that, and kids should try that. But for you mm -hmm. to find out what you wanted to do at four years old and stick with it, that's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, I have ADHD, so I'm just very like confused as to how I stuck with that at four and was like yeah, I'm gonna sit down and play for hours upon hours. And it's always been something that even like on stage, uh, a lot of people don't know that I'm not actually like paying attention. Like I am in my brain thinking like, all right, what did I do yesterday? Like playing uh, the song, like it's all muscle memory for me. So like, I'm like, okay, tomorrow we have a drive day. I might download a new video to watch. And so yeah. it's so crazy to me how like my brain can split and do all these different things. But it, it surprised me every time my parents were like, yeah, you, you were just so adamant about playing your drums. And I was like, how? I barely like 
stick with the same thing for two days <laughs> how yeah. did y'all convince me to stay with the drums um but yeah it, it is absolutely wild and like you said those accomplishment accomplishments are really important to be proud of and our parents always said you know celebrate the small things because you never get those back you never get your right. first tour back you never get your first album back you'll never it's your first like no. celebrate those things and truly like appreciate them but don't stop like don't stop there keep going keep climbing to the top um and i think it's really important that you remember both because if you don't appreciate it you're never going to reach satisfaction you know you're never going to you're just going to be chasing your life the yeah. entire time. Like I said, it's okay to continue to chase, but but you have to supplement that with being proud of what you've done. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, I think that's, that, that is true. Uh, truly being driven that mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're happy, but you always want more. And that's yeah. in, in the best possible way. If you're not happy and you always want more, that's where the issue is. But I, I think mm -hmm. you got to, you know, you, you have to always be proud of your accomplishments, no matter how big or how small they are and never forget mm -hmm. that feeling and always strive to, to, to do more. But like I said, if it ends tomorrow, then I'll go, you know what? I did pretty good, man. Just, just, just <laughs> Sit back. Up, I did turn, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it turned out pretty good, you know? Um, so I, I think, I think that's important. Uh, but it's also, like I said, it's a sign of a true professional. You always, you always want to keep pushing it, man. Keep pushing yeah. it. Let's go boys. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> One more, yeah, <laughs> one more exactly. take. Oh, come on. Um, was there someone that when you grew up and you were getting into it? Um, I know you named some people music, so both music and wrestling. Was there someone like specific that you saw them and you were like, I want to be like them? Like they, that's who inspired you. Yeah, I mean, so I told you the ones that kind of from from music mm -hmm. uh, and wrestling wise. There was three. There's a guy called Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, mm -hmm. um, who was really popular at the time. There was a guy called Owen Hart who was uh, in Calgary wrestling, which is where I went to go to wrestling school. And there was a guy called Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. that uh, I ended up having probably one of the greatest storyline, like one of the greatest feuds uh, in, in WWF history. So those are the three that kind of really inspired me. The reason for that was there were smaller guys. Mm -hmm. Because like I mentioned in, in, in the early, in the late eighties, early nineties, everybody was huge. And that was a detriment to only be like beef. And now, now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy on the show. Cause everybody's got so much smaller, but back then it's like, if you weren't big, no one took you seriously. Like, Oh, they didn't understand. Like the wrestling is so much more than size. Size really means nothing to be honest with you. It's all psychology and character and connecting with the audience and that sort of thing. But at the time that was kind of the stereotype was that you had to be six foot five, 300 pounds. Yep. So I was more attracted to the, to the smaller guys because those guys were on TV doing it. And I was like, wow. I remember I waited in line for three hours to meet Ricky Steamboat at World of Wheels, which was like a car convention. <laughs> and I waited in line for three hours and I was like, I only have time to ask him one question. And what I asked him was, how tall are you? That was all. Oh, my word. <laughs> how tall are you? And he said about five eleven. I was like, "Yes, I'm five eleven. Now I gotta gain <laughs> I got fifty pounds of muscle, but I, I at least size, well, height wise, I'm there." So that that was a little bit of a of a kind of a, a, a obstacle to deal with at mm -hmm. first, a little bit of a hurdle. Um, but then you know you, you start figuring out how to do that. And for me, uh, I, I went over to Mexico and Japan, and mm -hmm. there size really wasn't an issue at all. So I I really cut my teeth and became a big star in both mm -hmm. those countries, but especially in Mexico, I was like a, like teen beat, like a teenage pinup heartthrob kid, you know, 
like, you know, long blonde hair and like, you know, early twenties. And so it'd be like, Corazon de Leon was my name. <laughs> Lionheart. So I was on the cover of the magazines and, you know, that sort of a vibe. Yeah. Uh, and that's specifically because I was like a foreigner, a gringo in Mexico. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of guys with long blonde hair that could, that could actually wrestle. Cause I had good training from, from training in Calgary. So, but right out of the gate, I, 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 I got a big fan base there, a big fan base in Japan. So by the time I got back to the States, I already had some buzz from people that kind of had heard about me and size yeah. didn't matter as much then. Yeah. That's crazy. That, that's like yeah. super cool that you got to meet those people. And I'm sure those people had the same issue. They were probably like, dude, I'm sure like I, I don't fit yeah. the mold, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be an inspiration to those who feel the same way. And I'm sure you had the same effect on people who are also looking up and like, I want to do this, but like, I don't fit the mold. And what people don't realize is like, Hey, the mold can change. Like right. the mold, changing the mold kind of is more attracting to people than fitting in because you can only do the same thing so many times before people are like, eh, I'm bored. So being yeah. able to like change that and fix that and be different is a, it's super important. And sometimes people are too afraid to not fit the mold. They want to fit in. They want to be the normal. And it's like, Hey, you don't know that what you have is actually like a, a superpower. Like you literally can take this and go so far with it. You just got to have that right. confidence to be like, I got this. Well, I mean, and, and you're right. A lot of people aren't, um, you gotta be a little bit of a rebel, you know, a little bit of a mm-hmm. maverick. And a lot of people don't have that attitude. You know, I always did. I always had that attitude and not, not, in a, <laughs> not in a bad way. Just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to forge, forge my own path and whatever that means. I don't know. Like I'm going to do it though. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I went to journalism school and I started to get some jobs uh, with local newspapers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the big newspapers in town, but you know, I was be a, a sports writer and they'd send me to literally like a tiddlywinks competition or a, a CFL fashion show for the football team or a swim, yeah. swim meet. And I was like, I, I don't want this. You know, I'd rather be yeah. the guy that's being written about than the guy who, who is writing these stories. Cause I really don't care. I don't have any connection to this. So it was, <laughs> good, though. It was good for me. Yeah. I mean, and listen, I've written five books now, so I'm, writing is something I like to do, but I, I want to write about myself. <clears throat> Not <laughs> about somebody else. Any of you fools. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so that, that really helped me too. And, and and like I said, in in 1990s when I started wrestling, like to want to be a wrestler, that time frame was so foreign. Mm-hmm. Like if someone said it now, you'd be like, oh, you can go online and look up 15 wrestling schools and you can watch wrestling on TV yep. and this, this, this. It wasn't like that then. It was more, like I said, like wanting to join the circus or something very, very strange. Like what? He wants to do what? <laughs> um, but that was okay. You know, that was okay for me. And, and And like I said, I was fortunate that I was able to kind of get out and travel around the world. Like I went the first time I went to Japan, I was 20 years old. So that's, and that's by yourself, right? Yeah. You that's know, crazy. Crazy. Me, me and one guy from Calgary, get on a plane, no work visa, no nothing, just a plane ticket, get off the plane and hope somebody's here. Oh like I said, my I think, word. I think of my son doing that at night, you know, he's 19, give him another eight months and him. Do, I was like, wow, I couldn't imagine like how my parents even, allowed that not that they had any choice but it was just it was really just like <laughs> here you go buddy you know and and yeah you not only got experience in wrestling but but life experience you know once 100%. again you learned how to fend for yourself like i get tour managers now that they're like so we'll try we'll pick it like i do i don't need to be picked up i don't need 
to make, I don't need you to make me a reservation for, I, I'm fine. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so on my own. I've traveled the world with mm-hmm. a hockey bag full of, of, you know, clothes and yep. no idea where I'm going. Looking, I went to Germany in 93 in Hamburg and the guy didn't pick me up at the airport. He forgot. So I'm like, well, where the, where the hell am I supposed to go? <laughs> and I had one piece of paper, like written down address, like on a piece of paper or something. Oh I was my like, word. do you know where this is? And they're like, and he get out and I'm like, Hotel Dom Shank. I'm like, hey, is is anybody here from wrestling? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, but I was just like, what do you do? Yeah. You make it work. And for yourself. <laughs> now I, I, I found like- the guy and I was there for six weeks. So it worked out okay. <laughs> hey, at least you found him. I did. <laughs> it yeah, I a completely him. different story. Goes, like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to pick you up. I was supposed to. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. And I'm like. That's the worst German actor, by the way. Thanks for nothing. Thanks, buddy. Oh, Oh, my word. I I don't know how we got picked up at Germany. We were still there for like three hours in the airport trying to figure out what to do. We're like, where do we go? (laughs) (laughs) Our person was like, yeah, go this way, this way, this way, this way. We're like, yeah, we're lost. (laughs) We have no clue where to go. Um, It's okay. So we talked about social media. And I know that a lot of people uh, around my age, younger, older, want to do it they see it they see how like fun it looks they see how like interesting it is how you get your own schedule you don't have to go into where you get your off days and they want to do it and so i wanted to get your advice on it because like you said you you've been in it longer you've been when it wasn't around and you got into it and you're in it now so what do you what are your opinions on how saturated one the media is now with everyone doing it? like you said you can look up 15 different schools for wrestling now right. so what do you how saturated do you think it is and do you think it's possible now to have that passion and go in and be like i'm gonna do it when there's hundreds of thousands of other people who have the same idea <clears throat> well it's a little bit different for me because i have you know uh, a fan base you know a loyal mm-hmm. fan base i guess you'd say and i started social media fairly early on right so mm-hmm. I think in those earlier days, like I think like if you look at Instagram, for example, I think I have 4.2 million followers, but I bet you 3 million of those followers were got in the first year and a half or so. Cause I, you know, now everybody's on, but at the time there was fewer celebrities on. So people mm-hmm. would follow you more. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I look at my podcast, we, we just had our, well, had our 900th episode this year and so I've been doing it since December of 2013. And now in, you know, almost December of 2022, there's literally, this is not a joke, literally over a million podcasts. Yep. Think about that over a million podcasts. So the only reason why, <clears throat> well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why my show has, has been so successful and is now on Sirius XM is because I had a a cultivated a fan base early on in the podcast uh, process early Mm -hmm. on in the life of podcasts. And because I was able to, to kind of have a quality show and get people to listen to it. I didn't have to start late. I started early and was able to build on that. Yep. So, but once again, I mean, how do you, how do you get your head above water in social media or podcasting or anything? Now you just, here's, here's the, here's the rules that I, that I have one, you got to be good at it, which is hard to do. And, and it's really, I'm actually, you're doing a really good job because you don't have a list of questions. We're just having a conversation. And that's <laughs> the secret. You have to have a yeah. conversation. When people pull out a list of questions, it's never good because the interviewer is not listening to what I'm saying. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I could say, oh, I have a, a, a girlfriend on Mars. She has green skin. Like, oh, that's cool. So, uh, tell me about this. Uh, and you're like, and I've done that before. I've, I've done it you before. Have? There's oh, yeah. no way. I can tell. I did it on. I did it on TV. I can tell when someone's not listening. I was doing a satellite morning show tour, and I could tell the lady wasn't listening to what I was doing. She couldn't wait to get rid of me. I'm like, okay, I have a girlfriend. What's the book about? It's about my green skin girlfriend on Mars. That's great. Um, There's no. Terrible, yeah. So you got, but you got to listen. And the other thing about it is, too, is like I said, don't have a list of questions. Um, so you got to be good at it, and um, uh, you have to be uh, consistent. If mm-hmm. you're going to do a podcast or a vlog or whatever it is, and you say every Wednesday at nine, you better have a freaking show every Wednesday at nine. <laughs> and if you're one day you don't feel like doing it, well, then stop because people are creatures of habit. Yep. I know for me, every Wednesday and Friday, Talk is Jericho drops. But mm-hmm. that usually is like 2 a.m. Eastern, Wednesday morning. There's been a few times when we're on the road and there's no Wi-Fi and I can't send my intro or something just goes wrong. And it, we have to post it at 9 a.m. I will hear about it at 2.01 a.m. Eastern time on Twitter. Where's Talk is Jericho? What happened? So you got to be consistent as well. So if that's if that's kind of your goal, those are two things you can do to really make sure that people listen. You have to have engaging conversations, and they are conversations, not interviews, yeah. and be consistent with them. And also, yeah. too, don't do more than an hour. An hour is nope. good. An hour is nope. good for con- c- uh, people commuting to work, working out. 45 minutes to an hour. Like I see like Joe Rogan. Sometimes you'll have somebody on that's four hours. It's like, I know Rogan's 10 times more popular, he, but I don't, I don't have time for four hours of James. Hetfield. I don't know how he does that for four either. hours. I've seen his, I've like, I, I don't even have the attention span for this. Sometimes like, sometimes I'm over yeah. here like, I got to do it for an hour. <laughs> and even as, as a guest to be engaged for that long, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it's hard because I, I'll, I'll do a, a, a podcast. If it's a good one, like this is a very good one. And we're having a great time. But dude, if you, if you were telling me, We've got another two hours. They'd be like, Luda, I got nothing left, man. We, I'll, I'll come back on again in three weeks or whatever. But right Listen, now, this, I can only talk about myself for so long, man. I mean, well, I have yeah, five bucks. Stories, but, you know, I'm at the, edge, at the end of my rope right now. So that's the secret. Yeah, I think that something that's held me is that, like I said, I've been drumming in, in, I've been drumming since four, but in the band since I was seven. So growing up, trying to have an interview with a seven-year-old, no attention span, absolutely nothing. So I've grown up since seven in interviews and all that. I'm like, I'm so bored. Like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I'm literally sitting there like, I can't do it. We'd get off. I'd be like, how did you have, I don't know what they said. I literally tuned out. I have no clue what was happening. And so I, I knew like starting this having conversations with people i was like i know not what to do like i don't i don't want right. to sit there and interview them i don't want to sit there and have like people be listening to me like this is so boring skip like I, it genuinely is to me just goofing off with people for a little bit learning about them and having conversations about things that i think people might also like but i, I want to know you know i'm not going to do something i don't want to hear i'm not going to have someone on that right. i'm like yeah i'm going to tune this one out you know i want to be able to listen yeah. back to myself and yeah. be entertained it's why with a lot of my streaming stuff uh, if you play certain games, you'll go way bigger. But it's like, I don't want to be bored playing a game. Like, I don't want to yeah. sit there for three hours playing some well, game and, that's and be, dumb. And people, and people will know that you don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 100%. Like, oh, yeah, this is this is no fun 100% well. it comes across. So yeah, exactly. I think that it, it is really important to have that schedule as well. Because uh, if you say, you know, I'm going to do this, this day, this, this day. This, no, you're not. You're not going to do something every day. Pick one small thing and be like, all right, yeah. every 
Wednesday. I'm going to do it this time and start with that. If you start with Monday is going to have YouTube videos. Tuesday, I'm going to have a podcast. (laughs) Wednesday, I'm going to do like it's going to fall in the first month. Yeah. So so I think starting smaller and have something that's special about you, you know, because there's so many people that are like me. There's so many girls out there that play games. So it's, it's finding that thing that makes you different. You know, there's not many girls out there that plays games that also go on tour and play drums but also like have all these people in the industry that they know that they met when they were little so they all call me their little sister and it's like not many people have that it's using those things that are unique to you and using it to your advantage and even with you i'm sure at first like you said being shorter was was like a bad thing but once you got in it people were like who is who is this 511 wrestler like what i've never seen let me turn this on let me see what this person looks like you know it's it's intriguing you got to use it to your advantage and i think making sure you have that special thing and uh i I don't know if everyone has i don't know if everyone has that one thing that turn like makes them different uh but if if you can find that and you can use it and you can share it and people enjoy it like you have it you've you've got it and there's so many kids that i see that are like 12 13 on youtube like unboxing things and opening it where like playing games on twitch and they've got it like you can see it like you're like oh you're funny and you're 12 holy you're gonna you're gonna be huge like you have got what it takes and there's other people that are like just sitting there like doing nothing and they want it so badly but it's like oh if you if you just like could fix a few things you could have this but you got to be different you got to stand out you have to have good quality you have to have something special and be consistent like you said It, it is very important to have all those things to even try to make it work you know and even then you're not you're not promised anything because there's like i said over a million things in everything youtube twitch podcast every single thing there's millions of people trying to do it so you gotta work hard and some of it is luck some of it's like well it took off i i had a tiktok hit 3.8 million views and i can assure you some of that was luck a lot of i I was like how what in the world like i didn't expect that to happen and a lot of it is just you know hope and pray that something works yeah, exactly. and stick with it um but yeah, i think i think that is that's all we have uh for today and i really do appreciate you coming on and and talking and just kind of sharing your story and also your advice we have one last thing uh that we have our guests do and it's for 15 seconds you got to see how many punches you can do uh because if if follow the twitch streams there our sub alert is tyler one punching for 15 seconds straight and uh ever since then we've tried to see how many punches we can do in our last actually it's a secret but this is actually filmed the second one our last guest he got 60 punches so we got to see how many i'm going to set the timer for 15 seconds you can do like air boxing you can do like this like you just gotta you gotta go and if you're on uh apple music or spotify go over to youtube to see the video of uh mr chris jerick himself trying i'll set the timer. i'll tell you when it starts and you got to see how many you got to count though because there's no way i'm going to be able to count for you all right all right ready three two one go (laughs) <laughs> you got eight seconds <laughs> four three two one go all right how many do you do i mean that's got to be at least 100 i don't know there's more than 60 though i lost count because that's like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten someone here get get one of your uh get one of your viewers someone's gonna count it yeah Somebody we'll count it and see how many, see how many you did. Get them up on the board. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, sharing, uh, sharing the story of, of your work life, of your personal life, of kind of your childhood getting into it and tips on if you want to try to make it work. Here you go. You have Mr. Chris Jericho himself yeah. telling you how to make it work and you better do it.
because if you don't, someone Thank else you. is gonna. That's exactly right. Thanks, Lulu. <laughs> Anytime, I'll be happy to join you. Uh, do you have any things that, like events, like you said, the tour, any social media that you'd like to promote? Just Google me. You'll find it. <laughs> you can find my five books on Google. <laughs> Read it yourself. Um, thank you guys so much. Make sure you follow uh, Ludoisi everywhere on social media. Uh, keep an eye out for more podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast. Come a Ludoini. Leave a five-star rating and review. Review. Holy. Don't be a meanie. And remember that you're always a queenie. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.